Hello and welcome to Board Stupid, the podcast that loves talking tabletop board games, D&D and other awesome stuff. I'm Wayne. I'm Simon. I'm Tom. We're just nerds talking about the things we love that are worth geeking out over. So Simon, are you ready? Ar. <laughs> Did I not see that coming? Tom, are you ready? Yar. <laughs> if you guys are ready, let's go with a yo-ho-ho with a bottle of raspberry to this week's episode. We played Forgotten Waters. We played as a series where we talk about an epic board game that we played this week. And this week, it's the swashbuckling, sea sailing, kraken fighting, constellation collecting, narrative epic, Forgotten Waters. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the things we like and breaking down the elements that make it great. Because at the end of the day, we only play awesome games. And Forgotten Waters... Oh, I forgot. (laughs) Apologies, I missed that. Just deleted it, didn't fucking write anything, did I? (laughs) Well, that's staying in the recording. (laughs) And Forgotten Waters forgot the pun at the end of this particular... Forgotten what? (laughs) Forgot what, excuse me? And Forgotten Waters. (laughs) Forgotten Waters is a crossroads game in a world of fantastical pirate adventure. In it... Players take on the role of pirates sailing together on a ship, attempting to further their own personal stories as well as a common goal. The world of Forgotten Waters is silly and magical, with stories designed to encourage players to explore and laugh in delight as they interact with the world around them. It's a game in which every choice can leave a lasting impact on the story, and players will want to turn every rock just to see what they find. Forgotten Waters will play three to seven players, is designed by J. Arthur Ellis, Isaac Vega, and uh, the peculiarly named Mr. Bistro. I want that to be a real name. It's I really such a do. Good one. Yeah. Isaac Vega, I think, did uh, Dead, of Winter. Dead of Winter. Yeah. Dead of Winter. Yeah. Yeah. The art is by Anton Fadiv. Anton Fadiv, and oh, here we go. Yeah, Tom, good luck you with that. Stitched me one. up. You... I could have just left it out, but I wanted to put it in. No, of course. Nadezda. Tickle me over. Tickle me over. Tickle me over. Tickle me over, I think, was accurate. Tickle me over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nadezda. It's published by Plat Hat Games, again, of Dead of Winter fame. Mm. And Gen 7 and a few other bits and bobs. And also Spectre Ops, some great games they've published. Uh, plays in two to four hours and is available on an MSRP of £48, where you can probably find it cheaper. I think it's probably worth pointing out immediately that the two to four hours is actually sort of optional. It is. There's there's like natural breaking points in the story where it encourages you to stop, save the game state, and come back to it later if you only want to play for two hours. I think it is literally two or four hours as opposed to two to four hours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's. Two to four hours or all day if you don't want to complete the story. Assuming the scenario is playing in a similar way to our game, then yeah, there's a. And now if you want to continue to part two. You can. And we'll talk about MSRP and value a little bit later, but £48 even at that price. Feels like a steal. Let's start as we always do and talk about the components and art design. So in this one, 
This is quite interesting. There's not a traditional board. Well, there kind of is. There's, a, kind of there's a small board for putting tiles on, for, for developing a map, right? Yeah, it's not the main part of your gameplay, though. It's... It's a one of many elements, and there are a good number of different bits. You get your own unique pieces, and then yeah, this sh- shared sea map effectively. It's only hmm. a foot in. It's just basically a little blue cardboard uh, square uh, with with hexagons marked out. You you have almost nothing on it. It has a compass and a couple of seagulls drawn on it, <laughs> it's and ev- everything else is developed as you play. It's it's. Uh, a map that you build as you go. Yeah, so a very, it's, a very it's small, like a hex crawler. Yeah, yeah. A, a little small cardboard map with hexes on it, and a beautifully. Actually, do we move to the book now? Oh, I mean, you could come at this so many different ways. You have got the stacks of hex tiles which you place onto this board to to yeah. fill out your adventure. Mm. You've I, got I, your player yeah. pieces. You've got the main, yeah, your storybook effectively. So yeah, let's let's go I to the, the story scenario book. book. Is as much the game board as the 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 map really it is. Yeah, it really is. You have this absolutely gorgeously designed, full of color. What forty-ish page or more? Uh, I think that's about eighty pages. An eighty-page book, full of artwork and iconography. It's lovely. It's absolutely gorgeous, and that's going to be the main engine of the game for the most part. It's sort of it's interesting. It's it's a double-page spread. One page is an entire page of full-color art, yeah, which is super evocative. Uh And then the other page is sort of worker placement and action resolution. In the very best way possible, reminds me of being somewhere between the age of, say, 7 and 12. Oh, yeah. Getting to go to the library on a Saturday morning, running into the kids' section going, wow, look at the colours. And it's like the most indulgent reminiscing of epic adventures, mm. full, full-blown full colour, just so evocative of the, the scenes that they're trying to set. Oh, and, then, just, yeah. and then, yeah, as you say, this effectively the, the worker placement section on the right-hand page simple enough but with the details you need to to play the game and it's so well laid out alongside this amazing full color uh, storybook you also have several decks of uh, cards one being sort of a item or treasure deck one being a story deck uh, sort of in the traditional mini euro size yep. you also have a, a stack of tiles for different purposes and these individual player boards but you don't get a traditional player board in this game nothing really seems traditional about this game but it's no like they're a- they're um it, it, it's almost like you take all of the resource management elements of the game f- for a co-op group mm-hmm. and then you split them up and you give one sort of resource element one or piece. one piece of that resource management to each player or give each player more than one if you've got less than seven players yeah, because I can imagine in a more traditional co-op game, all of these player boards could be one roles, big dashboard, or would be a dashboard or part of the main yeah. board. Yeah. yeah. So to go back to Dead of Winter as the yeah. closest analogy for this, in at least in my head, you've got your shopping mall, wherever it is that you're yeah. held up, mm-hmm. and you've got your food tracking and your population tracking yeah, and your zombie right. encroachment all centralised. This is very much a well, you're taking on this role today. Mm-hmm. It's all distributed, and then yeah. you're taking on this role. And they're as simple as a, a cardboard track, effectively. Yeah. In seven, there's seven different roles, right? Seven roles, yeah. Um, and they they represent the sort of senior members of the crew, but not the captain. Exactly. Yeah. For the for the sake of the story, you're working for a captain who is yeah. part of the story. Uh, but in this game, we are members of the senior crew, and you've got things like the bosun, the lookout, the gunner, 
the first mate, the Cooper. So, and yep. yeah, each one of those roles is going to be looking after something very specific. Yeah, and they're they're relatively small aspects, um, sort of each. Yeah, and you can have one or two to make sure that everyone covers the roles as a group. They're not a huge amount of additional sort of administration work. No, but it's 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 nice to have something tactile or something that you're responsible for. And they serve a second purpose because sometimes the story refers to a specific role, so that player gets to make the decision. Yeah, and they're really nicely, uniquely designed. They effectively look like planks of the ship in, yeah, in a way right. upon which a, a parchment has been spread out, the detail of the role then displayed on top of that. But each one comes with its own little unique token, so the gunner's got the wheels that are mounted that spin to determine different effects. Um, the lookout is tracking the threat, again, just a little crossed uh, bones you've got the cannon add-on tiles which slot into the bottom your main map board has a great little standee of a ship mm-hmm. uh, and the first mate has my favorite token in the game it, it definitely spoke to me when I, yeah, I, was, I was playing as the first mate who tracks the crew and discontent the discontent is uh, nominated by two cross swords as a little standee cardboard mm-hmm. cutout and the first mate's token is uh, a bandanaed eye-patched little face with a mouth cut out and mm-hmm. in the mouth cut out is tracked the hunger of the crew this is just, just perfect it's great it could, it, it could have had it's a really pointy clever. beard as a chin but to have it actually how hungry are we let's look in our crew's mouth like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminds I'll, I'll get a close-up photo of it for insta uh, it reminds me of terence and philip 100 yeah, <laughs> yeah it's one of those absolutely you'll also get a few dice which will be matching the individual color tokens mm-hmm. uh, of the player pieces that you're going to take during the game. And they're D12s. Yeah, the, D12s. The most fun of all dice. <laughs> I can't disagree. The swingiest of all dice. <laughs> the D12 is, is the king of dice. I love mm-hmm. the D12. Um, and interestingly in this game, I say interestingly, I actually like it. I like standees as opposed to miniatures. So. It's nice. It it doesn't take up loads of space. It's representative enough. It's got nice artwork. You don't keeps need to worry about down. painting. It keeps the cost down. It's lightweight. Yeah. It, again, in the kind of reminiscent of my childhood, it reminds me of games from the nineties. Oh yeah. But I'm gonna have to say far higher quality. Yeah, it's high quality. <laughs> nice thick cardboard. Your stand is yeah full but, color. Was this game a Kickstarter? It was not. Just a plaid hat oh, really? uh, okay. launched. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost would have expected there to be a version of this game floating around with miniatures mm. kickstarted, oh, maybe. can absolutely see, yeah, there being sure a 3D there printed galleon. Oh, a little and... plastic boat and all of that. Yeah, right, yeah. They're, they're not strictly necessary. They're, I mean, the Sandy is basically just your sort of worker placement representation. Yeah, so th- right? This is the action I'm taking this round. It could it's be a coloured pawn for all it, it could. intents yep. and purposes. Now, yeah, maybe a fancy but, version. You'd have like a... A little meeple akin to you know roots individual mm-hmm. meeples, but yeah, a, me- a meeple with a screen printed bandana and yeah, all that. exactly that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely happy with these little standees. Again, quite evocative of the the setting. Um, a bit more serious in a way than some of the rest of the game represents. That is yeah. to say, they look like regular ruffians as opposed to the somewhat cartoony nature. Serious that you... pirates, not so serious story. <laughs> yeah, quite. And then you've got probably the remaining standout item of. Gameplay furniture. Yeah. I don't know. What would you call these? I suppose individual player storybooks. Yeah, it's like right? a, pl- a player's uh, I, I log. I put player log. Player log, yeah. okay. A player log. Yeah, which are... It, it's, it's, it's almost like a character sheet. Yeah, a character it's sheet, got, like from D&D or it's something. It's got a section for skills with advancement tracks. It's got um, a background section that you fill in. Yeah. It's got little bits of story that you pick up as you go through the game. 
And finally, it has an ending mm-hmm. for your character at the end of the game, depending on how well you did. So it's it's everything. It's a, it is a character log. We'll get into the details of these and how they work a little bit later. But good lord, are they entertaining! And there are a ton of different ones. The game comes supplied with, I don't even know how many. I mean, many. Uh, and you can print more if you need. Now, given that we are filling these in permanently, does yes. that enter this game into a term of game I've not previously been aware of? A roll and write game. Is that one of these? Or is this only ever referred to as a crossroads game? This, for, uh, you know, actually, crossroads is the right term, I think. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I would call it almost semi legacy. You, you save elements of the game that don't necessarily have any impact on future playthroughs of the game no but they become like a a hall of um record mm-hmm. for future games that mm-hmm. you can refer back to yeah it's an interesting one it's not a roll and write um that's a specific genre that i wouldn't associate this with crossroads is plaid hat's own term for their sort of story driven yeah, narrative system narrative, narrative system yeah, yeah narrative system Introduced first in Dead of Winter via a card-based system, Mm -hmm. which would actually look for specific scenarios and then trigger card events accordingly. This is slightly different and done in a very clever way, which we'll talk about as well, because that's the only thing probably left over, actually, which we haven't talked about. Is it a component? Kinda. The app. The app. That's right. The Forgotten Waters web app. Yeah, I, 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 I think this game could be a much bigger, heavier game with a massive book of... Stories. Um, like stories. Uh, near uh, and pick far. your own adventure. Yeah. Stories near and far, above and below. Uh, forget or a the big name fat of the deck one. of cards yeah. or something. To or through. like Fallout yeah. with a big deck of cards yeah. where it's mm. find, this, find this numbered card, read this out, then you branch into another set of numbered cards. They are... It would be um, clunkier well. They are clunkier components. Yeah. Um, they are obviously more self-contained. Uh, you are relying on an app, but I think you mentioned the other day it's an app that you can get on Apple or iOS or whatever, but For you can free. also get it on uh, through a browser mm-hmm. on your laptop. That's the way that we play. And you can save it locally. And you can save a copy of it. Yeah. So uh, although you do need access to a device in order to be able to use it, it's a companion app that's not optional. Mm-hmm. It does mean that you don't spend loads of time um, reading out um, entries and honestly, it's all the better for it because yeah. the voice acting on is the uh, on the fucking app is amazing, amazing. It's so good. Yeah, it, it won't be for everyone's taste, and I know there's some consternation about yeah. app-based games and whether it makes it more of a computer game than a board game. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I think it works fantastic. I, mean, I mean, this is close. You know, as it is a component, I feel yeah. talking about yeah, it here is, yeah. is relevant. Well, fair play. Um, yeah, for me, I thought it was hilarious. We had the very familiar voice from the Dead of Winter Crossroads app. Yep. Yes. Who's this very serious American kind of sounding guy who makes everything sound like you're about to explode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> he's, he, then... is the, he is the, um, the movie trailer guy. Yeah, yeah. That's basically. That, yeah. yeah, sounds like um, that kind of guy. But then some utter tangential crazy voices done by a... The, talented uh, bunch of act- voice I'm actors. I'm not from sure how many voice actors there were. There, there's probably maybe five or six voices yeah. in in there, but spanning um, all kinds of. Uh, there was an amazing regions. breadth of um, entries that we got through, even just playing once. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about how that works in a bit, but just through the app itself, it was well designed. Again, matching the color and detail mm. of the rest of the artwork the mm-hmm. voice acting was on point it didn't break at it any point super hours. incredibly yeah. smooth and yeah. did not 
at any way break the gameplay element. It, it didn't it fall flowed. over. Yeah, it didn't ever have any errors when you, you, you have to you sort of jot entries into it and then it will come up with a voice acting thing. All of them were relevant. It didn't reference a wrong thing. You know, it, was, it seems to work with some I, sort of witchcraft. I think it even, it even tried to um, error check us once. Oh, yeah, it did. Where yeah. we, we like, happened sure? to have moved sort of one extra space yes. uh, through an item that we had. Yeah. And the game said, are you sure you're allowed to do this? Yeah, we, yeah you we shouldn't said, quite yes, be here. We, yeah. We, yeah, you yeah. Know, we, we have, yes. Yeah. After having gone through the components in art design, I've got a new question for you for 2022. Yeah, I know, another one. So, (laughs) and this is, where would you rate the sort of production level of this game? Again, much the same way as we talk about complexity one to five and how we'll talk about theme one to five and and, and, where you might stick the value of this game. Mm -hmm. Where would you put the production where one being bare bones production, but you're not paying a lot for it, and five being everything, your minis and full glossy artwork and all of that craziness and does it match what you're paying for? I think probably uh, I'm not necessarily going to push it all the way to a 5. I think 5 is the super luxury components uh, double thickness Boards. That's just scythe, I think. If I was going like to pick an archetype for a five, uh, yeah, it would be but, something. But those like are that, yeah. those are you know things that we we really like to see in high production value. Yes. Um, this is probably a four, uh, and mm. I think it's heavily supported by the fact that it's got that um, high um, quality sort of glossy art book, full art pages, mm-hmm. and the companion app. Which all fully voice which actors, is yeah. probably thousands of entries of um, fully voice acted um, narrative. Yep. Tom stole my line. There you go. <laughs> all, all of what you just said, a solid four. The scenario slash storybook is a gorgeous piece of art in and of itself. Mm-hmm. The standees, as we've covered, do their job. It doesn't need to be more than it is. The player board slash roles that you have are a significantly decent quality um, the player logs are necessarily pieces of paper but they despite, are yeah. detailed in and of themselves they are simple enough with also giving you function yeah yep very good i would agree uh, let's stick this at a nice solid four for the first one then we can measure this against others so very high quality um production as you'd expect from a good publisher like plant hack games can I can I bump it to a five just for the uh, the little <laughs> the little guy the, mate. the the little uh, first mate token with, with his mouth with, open. with, with his mouth open <laughs> no maybe sure. not sure why not I, I love that token. four point one great. Yeah. there you go 4.1. 4A. 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 <laughs> how do you win a game of forgotten waters Simon well as we said this is a cooperative story driven game so. Mm. We've already said the words, choose your own adventure. So anyone who read those books in the 90s where you do a certain event, you get a certain result, and it says, turn to page X. Uh, yeah. You are looking... Steve Jackson, Ian Livingstone. Yeah. 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 So you are playing your way through these scenarios, either the first part or the full scenario to get to the, the actual ending. And then as you are playing, you are developing your own little character sheet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. based on what you end up with on your sheet and how you've fared throughout the game you'll get varying different endings i assume yeah. some of them are somewhat have, disastrous yeah um you have your own objectives to try and complete through the game to uh, develop your character to get a better ending for your character i 
collectively we won the scenario but i had a bad ending where i spent the rest of my yeah. life in a dungeon so <laughs> i think yeah it, it, it varies there's three endings for each character and again um we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail but um there's so much variety in the characters that it's you phenomenal. could you could probably play this game loads of times and never really have the same ending or the same combination of scenario with ending with characters you know anytime you play yeah from from what i've seen on the single playthrough we've had there's as you say so much variety that you could play the same scenario with different roles and different uh pre-made character sheets effectively and always feel like you're playing a different game because there's so much other randomization in there the luck of the dice the draw of the cards Mm in a really good way that you'll end up having totally different stories every time you play it completely different experiences but yeah you're right you're you're trying to win by as is sort of the case with the crossroads game working together but with your own individual objective so co-op kind of semi-co-op but less aggressively semi-co-op than dead of winter is there's there's not very much direct uh, conflict with other players. It's, I, more, I suppose it's you... more humorous piracy conflict, like yes. stealing people's yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it's tripping them over on the deck rather than stabbing yeah. them in the back in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's slightly more yeah, friendly. Dead of Winter, you know, quite literally you have people who are traitors yeah. in this. No one is a traitor. Everyone is a bastard. Yeah. Everyone is a pirate. Um, they expect yeah, you to steal your it's stuff. It's assumed yeah. that everyone's a shifty shyster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You everyone... might be self-serving, but if you want to complete the scenario and see the story and do everything, the, yeah, yeah, you're all on the same ship. If the ship sinks, you go with the ship. Yeah, yeah, you'll be shipwrecked or eaten by a kraken if you don't play yeah. well together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that I yeah. think that's great. But that doesn't mean you can't have the best loot. Exactly. <laughs> true. Exactly. True. True. Quite. So, in order to uh, win the game, you're going to be going through this adventure, going through this app, and the point of the game is to try and get at least four constellation events. And once you've done that, you get a good ending. Less than that, you get a bad ending. Get five, and you get the legendary pirate ending. Yeah, these constellations very reminiscent to me, at least at a brief glance, to the Skyrim leveling up. Oh, cool. Where you had those yeah. constellations branching uh, I, up. I was going to say the same some, thing, yeah. Somewhat spreading out. So you get a starting star, effectively, and then you choose your path to the That's next right. nearest yeah. Yeah. kind of focal point. And I think I've not seen this before in a, in a board game. I think it works really well because it gives you that bit of independency that bit of uh, motivation uh, it's a really good feeling of character progression um you you have your skills that develop over time but incidental to developing your skills is this progression through your constellation collecting these events that give you extra bits of story to read out for your character that have mechanical benefits but are mostly just hilarious or silly um (laughs) And and at the end of the game, your sort of final outcome it then depends on how well you did with progressing your character, which sort of makes sense. It, you are a more successful pirate. You could say that your story is written in the stars. Yeah, well, quite <laughs> exactly. My like that. story looks like a giant hook. Uh, yeah, and, and mine a parrot, and yours a. I was a kitty cat. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be points in the game where you're going to be asked to upgrade one of your skills, and the skills on your sheet are exploration, brawn, hunting, aim, swagger, and navigation. They'll range from one to seven. Some of the individual player sheets will have more scope for improvement than others. Yeah, they're they're capped at different levels depending on the character archetype you get. So exactly, my my survivor, for example, can go up to seven brawn, but none of his other skills can go to seven. His aim for using cannons and ranged weapons is only two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. 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 Mine was similarly a low aim, but very high hunting. So you increase these scores every time you take the relevant action on the scenario page you're on that requires that skill. You to exercise that that skill. Yeah. Yeah. You get better by doing. uh, Exactly. Sometimes you want to focus on the thing that you're very good at. So by the end of the game, my hunting was a plus seven. Mm -hmm. So makes sense that oh, we'll send Simon the Hunter after, oh sorry, yeah. Carl the Walrus. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Or, yeah, or you get towards the end of the game and people are suddenly scrabbling to try and improve their crappy skills to get more cool, yeah. more, more parts yeah. of their constellation yeah. unlocked. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, amazing. So each event that we find in each, any given page's scenario requires one of these six different skills or sometimes a combination. And you'll be rolling your D12 die, adding your flat skill from your your own character mm-hmm. sheet plus any bonuses you may have gained from the treasure cards oh, which all loads of treasure cards loads yeah. of story cards um, that can give you bonuses yeah so sometimes you want to get the best person for the job so towards the end game mm-hmm. we ben was our navigator he had a plus 10 plus 10, just plus 10 to navigation. I, I given that some of the get... things were like uh, you need a minimum of 18 like 15 or 18 like, yeah. well yeah you, I... you there's sometimes you physically can't do it like tom and i could never get above a 14 on yeah. aim oh yeah because if we rolled well, the maximum my, my aim was four yeah but my brawn was 13 Insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah i would accidentally and regularly kill crew members um <laughs> because i had a cursed axe uh yeah. but yeah i was very good at fighting people but it was quite funny and it sort of leans into the, the the selfish pirate nature and also the hilarity of the game as you mentioned tom is during sort of the late game when you're trying to f- desperately fill in bits of your consolation, mm. you're doing things you're crap at. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you haven't focused like, on it. <laughs> wait, why are you going hunting in the shark infested waters? You've got one arm and one eye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving the ship. Why? You've got two stars. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. just, I need to get better. I'm, I'm practicing. <laughs> practicing exactly. Driver's head course. I don't know. And it's quite interesting because you're thinking, well, why would you let someone who's crap at the skill do that thing? Well, interestingly enough, when you go to a new page in this amazing storybook, the game asks you to immediately start a 40-second timer, and you have just that amount of time to select the thing you want to do Mm. on that page. There's always seven actions, right, on every page. Some actions must be taken by someone. Some actions can only be taken by one person, so they uh, get blocked up, sort of worker placement style. And some actions can be taken by as many players as you like. Yeah. And then the turn order, the mad scrabble for who wants to go on which action, Mm -hmm. is determined by who is the most infamous infamous pirate. Yes, exactly that. Like, get out of the way, lads, I've got this. It's just a constant struggle to be the most infamous. So many things in the game change your infamy, and it's just this sort of... A crap shoot like a crab bucket of people trying to <laughs> trying to be the most infamous pirate yeah. and it determines the initiative for what order you pick your actions in which is amazing uh, and there's so many different ways to increase and, and decrease your infamy one of my favorite ones is there'll be various points when you're on the open seas where you'll have to feed the crew the crew are going hungry and it's a mandatory action on the page that's mm-hmm. opened up you can feed them with five supplies or however many supplies it is for the number of crew that you have yep or you can just tell them to get fucked and go hungry, which increases your swagger. Your yeah. swagger and your infamy. Fuck you guys. Stay hungry. We've got shit to do. Eat later. And it's uh, so amazingly thematic. It's brilliant. Yeah, but it, it also increases your discontent. Discontent, yeah. The crew get angry. Well, They're okay, more and fine. more likely to uh, rebel. Mutinous. Mutiny. 
Exactly. And that is one of the ways you can outright lose the game. Yeah. You've got on the same track where you track your number of crew, you're also tracking your discontent. Should the two ever meet in the middle, i.e. you're you losing lose, crew yeah. and the crew you've got left are really pissed off. Yeah, they'll just That's it. Game, game over. Thrown off the ship. Yep. Yeah. I, I, interestingly, I don't think we ever actually got close to mutiny. We I had think a space of about two to three yeah. between them. Most, was the closest we got. For we the most had part, very low discontent yeah, for most for the, of the game. We yeah. did really well in that game. Mm. Uh, I was the first mate. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. um, some of it was sheer luck. There was points where we picked up crew simply through the scenario. The story events. Which I think was great, and we could then choose to drop some off for the sake of doing something which we thought was more beneficial, which we willingly did. Uh, again, you get rid of crew, you increase your infamy, sure. Yeah, and you also decrease the amount you have to feed them from supplies because yeah. if yeah. you ever run out of supplies... How, how few a crew can you get away with whilst fighting you know, a Kraken or a Megalodon? Uh, you'll also lose the game if you run out of hull. So the bosun tracks the strength of the hull. If that gets to zero, your boat sinks. You also lose if you get to the final threat event in the game. We were getting close on the threat, I have to say. We had uh, one, well, maybe two threat events left. Mm. Uh, I, I think threat is sort of like the only thing in the game that enforces almost like a timer. I think if know? we'd have hung around... I mean, Pressure on Yeah, on if we'd have hung around exploring much longer for our game, we would have definitely triggered the second to last threat event and then we're basically rushing to, to, to yeah. end it yeah. um, we talked roughly in, a, in some way how you win via your individual scenario you know trying to fill in your constellation trying to get the good ending you, you win as a group and then and then it's all relative exactly for, it's all relative it's yeah. degrees of winning yeah but you win as the group by following the main scenario objective which will change during the game I think so uh, there were two objective cards they're double sided so it's four objectives that you well, we had to do for this one. I don't know whether they're shorter or longer on some of the other scenarios, but I imagine they're similar. Yeah. And, and they become sort of uh, progressively developing higher threat yes. objectives that you have to do. You pick your scenario. The scenario will tell you how to set it up, what the initial setup is. It will give you everything that you need to know and will give you your first objective that you need to sail towards. So that would include the map tiles on the board tells and the, the, the boat's yeah. starting position as the well. Boat starting position. Sometimes will tell you to remove certain navigation tiles from the game. Yeah. Uh, mu much like Oblivion, Skyrim and so on. Mm -hmm. You can go off utterly on a, oh, a, yeah. a wild jaunt. You go on first, a wild tangent. First, first move. Oh, we need to go there, do we? Other direction. I'll say. I, I know that. I know that Jason will immediately do the wrong <laughs> direction, just <laughs> through his very nature. Just to see um, what happens. Yeah. And and I think that's really great as well. It, it's, it's not particularly a uh, diverging storyline from what I could gather. You you've always need to do this thing and then go here. There's and a, then go here. Yeah, it's sort of one key story beats. Yeah. overarching sort of narrative main storyline. But you can choose how you resolve them, it yeah. seems. Yes. You can be the bastards, you can be the yeah. swagger, you can yeah. probably find a middle ground. There was and, probably a bunch of ways of overcoming each of those main objectives. Yeah. And then mm. in between those, you've got your random... Uh, oh, everywhere you go is is something new happens yeah. and it may be sort of like a random minor encounter or you might find the random pirate party island that i think we <laughs> that was spent great. several rounds Incredible. on and then didn't want to leave <laughs> so you guys good. are wandering around picking up coconuts and random pets from who, what i could went swimming with dolphins that turned out to be sharks that uh, was that was ben i think that was ben <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait a minute those dolphins are awfully big and aggressive. 
Let's um, get an example, perhaps, of a, a random encounter. Can you grab a tile for me, Tom, and just slip a, slip a, nav to, uh, a navigation tile over? Uh, let's go with... Uh, hang on, these ones are the ones we've seen. Let's have something different, shall we? Ooh. Oh, actually, no, let's do the one of the ones we've seen, because we don't want to spoil ourselves for future yeah, playthroughs. Yeah. Let's have uh, 024. And these will actually be mapped to the scenario, so we won't ever see these yeah. uh, again, pretty much. So, um, 024, are you sure? This is error checking me. Yeah, okay, because because we've just plugged it in randomly and <laughs> haven't started the game properly. Calls the lookout. On the horizon, a large mass rises into view. Are you sure? The first mate calls up. I'm the bloody lookout, ain't I? <laughs> Comes the reply. The large shape raises up ahead. It looks like a giant turtle. One sailor observes. Looks like a turtle. The first mate calls up. It's it's a turtle ship. <laughs> the lookout offers weekly. So there's a, a short brief excerpt of yeah. some of the amazing, hilarious voice acting. And as you're traveling through the map, it's just going to ask you to plug these numbers into the app and mm -hmm. you get one of these hundreds of adventure snippets. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the app will prompt you to pick from some options. It might be dice rolling. It might be... Sort of a, narr a set of narrative options. Yeah, it might depend yeah, there, there on there resources. As a threat, there or... was points where you do you want to sail around it or steam straight ahead. Yeah, we could, ahead. Have, we could have ignored the giant turtle mm. island, but we didn't because we're good pirates and we yeah. go everywhere. Everywhere that looks interesting, that might have booty. Absolutely. And, <laughs> exactly. and as we said earlier, we we all enjoyed that uh, the voice acting. I, yeah. I, I really appreciate it. We, it could be a book or set of cards that says pick up this thing and you yeah. can read you can that read instead, yourself. Yeah. You can add your own voices should you desire and the app gives you the text as well as the the narration. So the information is there for you to re-reference rather than having to... I swear he shouts shit rather than ship every time I heard it. <laughs> shit! Shit! <laughs> Could e be equally equally valid. valid. Yep. Yeah, equally valid. Equally, <laughs> equally valid. Is there anything else in terms of gameplay mechanics that we want to cover? I mean, it's deceptively simple in a way. I mean, to to dive into those actions a little more, I suppose some of them, as we say, are mandatory. Some of them will uh, maybe uh, give some, a, give an example yeah. of one of the options. Um, so we've got uh, on the page we're open on here. We're on a, a land based one. So we've got a market. So someone. It could be any any of the crew that are playing. After you've jostled and fought for the most infamous um, pirate to decide to go first or not. Yeah. yeah. So someone with the most swagger would probably do better here. But someone who wanted to improve their swagger could also choose yeah. this option because as you choose the option, mm -hmm. you increase by one point on your little uh, individual player log. You then have a roll of your dice. You add your existing swagger score. Combine it with any extra bonuses so as we play the game you gain treasure and story cards all of these have or not all but many of them have a flat bonus to the bottom of the card as yep. well and then there's a varying brackets of success so you go to the market you roll low you maybe get to buy one item you go to the market and roll pretty well you get two or three this is normally supplies or occasionally a piece of treasure yeah and you might you might get a list of things that you can pick from absolutely sometimes you get a story beat you get an extra entry from the app and mm -hmm. might advance your story even more or give you an extra piece of bonus or other information that will uh, give you uh, sometimes a, a log entry there's a ship's log kept by the ship scribe it's probably not not super spoilery to say but you know as an example we had uh, one place that we went to where we had to try and find three gems indeed 
Um, but we had no idea what we were doing. And in the entire first round of actions, we all completely failed to find any sign of any of the mm-hmm. gems. Yep. And we were presented by the app with the option to just burn down the town out of frustration <laughs> and then dig through the rubble. Fortunately, is- we decided not to. Yeah. But you had to sort of you had to find very, very the right actions well. and then roll rolls. the right number on a specific sort of um, check, yeah. skill check. So very we really ones. had to exercise our um, specialities oh, in yeah. order to try and find those gems. Because I, I guess the alternative would would have been that you could have burned down the town, but you probably would have wasted a lot of time doing so, or got loads more threat, or who knows yeah. what yeah. else. I'm looking at one here on this same page, painted caverns. This is a random page, so I'm not sure really what this applies to. There's a roll uh, using your exploration skill. You roll your d12, so you got a maximum of 12 on the dice. The top result is a 22 plus. To get a story entry. A special mm. secret entry. So you're going to need a plus 10 bonus on top of a maximum dice roll. Of, yeah. In order that, to that's a that's tough That's a really ask. tough one. Yeah. But, but you're doable get, maybe at the very end of the game. But yeah. Yeah. You'll probably get something super cool out of it. Though, I think so. it'd be amazing. Yeah. One way you might be able to increase your chances of that, and this one, the couple of tokens we've not mentioned yet, um, you can at various points pick up a re-roll token, yes, which you can choose to spend as and when you need to, include multiple times yeah, per, you can per roll. Yeah, exactly. Which we rolling. we made great use of. I think you used four in a I row. Four, and then I got a twelve on the final roll. Yeah. I think to get one of those gems. Yes, it was the yeah. last. You rolled yeah. a one, and then another one, one and, and then, then a three. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> burn it, burn it, burn it to the ground. But it was fine. Um, and conversely, you have misfortune tokens, yes. which are like a forced a forced disadvantage, disadvantage yeah. to to sort of mimic the D and D mechanic. Yeah, and these can you, you uh, roll two dice and you take the lower of the roll. And these arrive through the story, and if you've done, potentially if you've rolled lower on a previous turn, yes, you'll have got a worse result, which gives you misfortune for yeah. your next yeah. event as well, which it, is yeah. quite can, frustrating. Can, but... Yeah, can reflect a number of sort of mechanics. It's either sort of uh, temporary bad luck or the consequences of, you know, a bad decision. Or a curse of or some a curse. sort. Or a curse. My stern eye patch after I got beaten almost to death <laughs> in the arena was that I gained a bunch of misfortune tokens that I yeah. could work off over time. Yeah. And at the end of it, I ended up with a really cool eye patch that gave me a bunch of stat bonuses and yeah. infamy. Which is really cool. Mm. It's super cool. It was sort of like showing I needed to recover from my injuries with mm. the misfortune rolls. Yeah, it, uh, as much as you know, you just mentioned D&D there, we've always said the dice help tell the story. Oh, they so certainly if do, you're yeah. if you're rolling with disadvantage, they literally do, they, yeah. they're literally adding to the story. Yeah. Oh, oh, you messed up on that one. Well, mm. here you go. Yeah. You've got I, a goat to look after. <laughs> so, something that's going... <laughs> soot, soot the goat. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, Tom had a story event where... I don't know what the... I found a concept... magic tree, and yeah. it was like, what would you like to do? Eat, eat the fruit, or talk to nap. some yeah. guy, or just go to sleep. And I was like, nap. Have a nap, yeah. Yeah, and I woke... And I had a horrible dream about being crushed... And when I woke up, there was a goat standing on my chest and someone fleeing saying, he's your problem now. And so the goat increased permanently uh, the amount of food that we had to feed to our crew because there was a hungry goat on board. Yeah. But he meant that any time I gained misfortune, I also got a reroll. Which is cool. Yeah. And it's just one of these 
phenomenally thematic items that you can get through the game. Wasn't there like a math calculating chicken? Um, the par no. parrot that does math. Oh no, well, maybe it was a rooster. No, it was a chicken that does math. One that I had, which was a razor sharp machete. Yep. And the flavour text was well, why wouldn't you make it razor sharp? Yeah. <laughs> what a dull one, would you? In a, in a similarly weapon-themed one, I, as a piece of treasure, I got the decorative holster. And the flavour text on that, it, it gives me a plus one to aim and a plus one to hunting, as you'd imagine. Blimey, that's a fine holster. Now you should get a gun for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just a shiny holster. It means nothing. It's interesting to point out, actually, that you can't die. True. You fail as a group if the ship sinks, but your characters cannot die. Yeah. There is no health. There is no, yeah, no, no, individual, no, no life individual life trackers. I, I'd yeah. love to see someone, though, because at least two of you lost a leg, I think. I, and yeah, one of you lost I funny, started yeah. with one hand. Uh, I lost an eye, and I was beaten almost to death in the arena. <laughs> I just think, I can't Someone lost a leg. I think it was Ben. Ben in, lost in a leg the to the sharks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the character in Family Guy that's just... A pirate with no arms oh, or legs yeah. and one arm. <laughs> oh my god! Like the worst luck. But yeah, absolutely. It it, it always feels thematic and yeah. part of the thing. Like, oh, all right, I guess I haven't got a, a leg now. Yeah, ridiculous. It's fine. We talked about the the, com the mechanics of the game. How complex do we think it is? It's not the most obvious game to get into, but equally, it leads you so well through what you are doing. Yeah that I don't think is an overly complex game either. No. I, I didn't find myself sat at any point going, not sure what that iconography means. I don't know what that wording I, means. I, I, would call it, I would call it a slow burn. Pamphlet. Um, pamphlet. Uh, the, the, yeah. the rule book is a pamphlet, and so much of it is in the, the app, like you say, that walks you through the game. Two and a half, no more than that, really. Yeah, yeah, compared to a lot of the stuff we've yeah. played, this is... It doesn't hold your hand so much as just really gives you a... It makes you feel like you know what you're doing because <laughs> yeah. you know, everything is so clearly laid out. It says increase threat by one. You put a token on the board. It says set dial C to eight. And like, oh, that's a big number. Yeah. But all I'm doing is turning a dial. And you, Is the gun loaded? Yes. Okay, you can fire it. Is it not? Someone needs to take the load the cannon action. It, it's interesting, I think, because you can not necessarily have a feeling for how well you're doing as a group sort of progressing towards the objective at the end of the game and and i suppose failure might sneak up on you if you're not really paying very much attention but at the same time we were sort of just enjoying the silly narrative so much yeah. that we didn't really care i think if we had lost we would have been disappointed because the game was over, but not because we'd lost. Yeah. Yeah, enjoyably bumbling and failing is yeah. just as good as... Winning. If you're, if you're playing this game with a, a like hard and sharp gamer's mind, I'm going, I must get the best result ever. Like, nah. You're not getting the best out I of think, that I game. Think the rules themselves are super lightweight. Like you say, the game kind of leads you through it, and you have this sort of worker placement light mechanisms... I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably stick this around a two. Yeah, as Tom said, it's at most two and a half. I, you, I'm trying to think, like, if you've never played a game before and you're not familiar with any of the mechanics. There's a lot but... to keep track of. But yeah. it's very, it, it is a slow development. It's not going to throw a load of mechanics at you all at once. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, on each turn, you're only really going to be doing one thing and then resolving mm -hmm. it. And then on the next turn, the story will have developed. You'll have seen what everyone else has done. You go, okay, that makes sense. And we the breakdown of the roles seven, though there are, yeah. as a small piece of game admin, 
I think it's not that bad. It's it, manageable. It, it's super. It's more than no more than one or two tokens being moved at once or turning a dial. We probably played for what nearly two hours before we came into anything resembling combat as well. Yeah, as well. So we didn't even need to worry about what the gunner was doing. That's one roll off the table straight away. Yeah, I remember one of us saying, oh, "I'm not even sure how yeah. the cannons work." <laughs> yeah, we we are, we are on a ship with guns. Apparently, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's not massively complex, and all the better for. I mean, you could have probably added a whole bunch of complexity in here that it doesn't need, but fun in this game doesn't come from complexity. Let's talk about the theme gameplay interaction then, because there is lots of theme in here. Tom, does this game feel thematic? Absolutely. This game is absolutely riddled with not just pirate references, but references to so many Games, just cinema, films, yeah, pop culture, TV, madness, yeah. general pop culture. Almost every single entry that popped up in the app had some sort of cleverly or not so cleverly hidden reference yeah. to, to something pirate-themed or something pop culture-themed. And it it was just absolutely inundated with these little references it is about as dripping in pirate adventure as yeah. you can possibly mm -hmm. make a board game it's way more things like i mean I, my first thought was pirates of the caribbean but actually no i'm thinking this is more um, monkey island yes. guy brush theme mm -hmm. it, it, like, is, it is the, a, it is that little bit that. sillier and more of a caricature of itself isn't it's it it's so good yeah, it, it's so tongue-in-cheek he's licking his eyeball yes <laughs> <laughs> it's very much that. It Good is grief. high octane. Uh, you know, we mentioned Wasteland Express earlier. That was very much the like pinnacle of how Mad Max can you make this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, as you say, it's peak pirate. Yeah, peak. In, <laughs> in every fashion, you can think of a stereotype. They've covered it in some oh, way. There is yes, multiple oh, times. I mean, a swaggering yeah. Jack Sparrow is in there somewhere. Oh, definitely. You've got your black beards, your brown beards, your paint fish washing whatever it was that... fish, fish washing <laughs> oh my god yeah. we didn't even talk about one of the best things in the character creation bit right we got your character oh, we can shoot. we can do it now we can Let's do it now do it oh mm. my goodness just in this whole thematic thing right you start the game with your character sheet which we talked about it's got your constellation and your skills then on the other side you've got a little backstory for the individual type of pirate yep. your mm -hmm. pirate archetype and that the, just above that it asks you five things. innocuous questions yeah. for example the name of a fancy university mm. or a made up interrogation tactic or the name of a male mystic and <laughs> it'll ask you to then read out your backstory and also during the game you'll have special events to reference these things that you've written yeah, with so unbelievable results it's so good the, the five prompts are as you say fairly innocuous with that with no relevance to what they're going to be just like plugs them plugging just into plugs them in. yeah. it, it's better to not know where they're going and you just yeah. it's better to just go with your gut and I mean, just, the first yeah. one of mine was a, a an age you were a long while ago I like that's going to be um, a number but other things like an odd shaped uh, something that has an odd shape oh god it could be and you know we're all obviously D&D &D players with a good degree of invention and imagination so we came up with some ridiculous stuff but oh the, the synchronicity of what I wrote and then where it appeared in the story, like yeah. I couldn't have possibly made that better. I, I, I loved uh, what was it, Ben's? Uh, he was asked to name an animal, 
A put, flightless bird. A flightless bird. Penguin. Uh, so he put penguin. And then uh, uh, that translated into his father dying of penguin disease. <laughs> <laughs> it, Which it, you never would have guessed. It, it forces a level of ridiculousness that if you're not on board with, then you're going to get kicked off the ship. Uh, yeah, really, quite. throw yourself into <laughs> this, this game. This isn't boat for you. Quite. Yeah, quite. Uh, but my favourite one was uh, your made-up... Um, Made up interrogation tactic, which, which was... kept coming up all the time. It was fish washing. <laughs> so Didn't you... I was the lone survivor of an island, uh, and all of my people were wipe, wiped out by fish washing <laughs> by Brownbeard the Salty. Was that another prompt? Yeah. And then, and then my what various was the question for Brownbeard the Salty. Um, a pirate name or something. A villainous name. A villainous name. Mm. Brilliant. And, and then my various sort of story beats when I was developing the character and getting the little constellation events. Um, often referred to me sort of like, you know, tipping over the edge and going going and fish washing other <laughs> other people. And I'm, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that even at the very end of the game, if I had managed to get the legendary ending, which unfortunately I didn't get, um, it tells me about how I become a legendary admiral. Um, and then right at the very end, the last sentence of my legendary ending says, Later... You learn that Brownbeard the Salty died screaming from an accidental fish washing. <laughs> so that's nice too. <laughs> I, I, uh, the, the, fact it, the fact it could be accidental makes me it's even so, more, so good. more baffled by what the actual act of fish washing means. Yeah, so great. No one ever needs to explain it. <laughs> oh, it's fan- fantastic. How would you rate its theme gameplay interaction, its level of theme? Five being about as thematic as you can possibly get a game, this and one is... being painted on theme with very little actual value, such as things like uh, Century Spice Road, that yeah, theme is irrelevant. Okay, right. Let's, let's. well, I mean, we might as well set the bar, right? This is going to be a five. This has to be, for yeah. me, I'd say, like, if you're going to put a, a number on the amount of theme you can stick in a game. Dipped in rum with a parrot on your shoulder, yes. this is a five. This is a five. Riding on five soot the theme. goat with a giant axe. Chased yeah. by a dragon sea turtle. Let's talk about the complexity and the gameplay flow. So... Turn length, it's kind of an interesting one in this. It's not really turns per se. It's, it's, it's like mm. a round. It's it's um it's round. If, if you think right. of it similar to something like Project Elite or XCOM, it is a game that plays in sort of two phases. You have a round that is broken up into phases where you have the real-time element um, yeah. determining who is going to take which action. And then you have a non time limited action resolution yeah which then resolves in in a specific order yeah i was happy to say an experience that when there are these seven options for your action presented on each page that you turn to the idea is that you turn the page and as, the as wayne insisted on even though we were reading some of the flavor text okay on the Go. on the oh. thing like you've got 30 seconds left right like, yeah i'm reading you got you can Go. make a choice um look at the picture there you go, that's you, all the flavour you need. You could spend time, as it is a mostly cooperative game, working out the ideal option. A lot of the time you don't know uh, what the things are going to be. Yeah, uh, no. so, so the page we've got here has got uh, the market, the blacksmith, um, work the ship. These are fairly known quantities. Bury treasure is an option that comes up on most of the islands. There's always going to be a number of things you're like, I have no idea what that does. Yeah, many of them is just, there's a question mark. And yeah. when you do the action resolution, it says, 
put an entry into the app. So you have no idea what it's going to do. Sometimes you'll know the skill that it's going to be required. Others like these are utterly random. There was one page that had four unknown things. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess we'll do an unknown thing. I had that. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The one entry on the deserted island where I went into a cave and found a naked pirate. Yeah. So <laughs> Shaking his giblets. <laughs> yeah. There was no skill check involved. Just he that just, happened. He flashed me. So that happened, yeah. <laughs> and the game makes a, a point of saying, do not read the bit on the right-hand side, like the resolution text. Don't read that. Don't, don't spoil it to just, yourself. Yeah. Just hit the timer and pick a thing. Yeah, and, go. and I think we we did really well. As I say, you could um and ah for the 30 of the 40 seconds going, I'd be very refuted that because you occasionally we went, I can see there's a navigation one on there. I'd like to increase my navigation. Yeah. Please don't take it before me because I'm lower on the infantry. We're very track. polite pirates polite. Um, for the most part. Yeah. And I think that behooves the gameplay generally to go, well, I could be a dick about it, but it's not going to benefit me to no, constantly yeah. I, I think the thing like, is the, stop someone improving their yeah. character. The, yeah. the, the infamy order, the initiative order, changes around so frequently that for the most part it doesn't really matter. If, if mm. someone steals your action now, next time you might get to pick first. I suppose it's probably pertinent to raise at this point. We played it at a four-player count, Yep. Right, which means because you must use all seven of the roles, some people double up on, on roles. Yeah which is fine because they're not a massive amount of admin. But it also means that there's not a huge amount of competition for spaces per se. But I can imagine with the full gamut of seven players, this would be absolute balmy chaos. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to try it at one point. I, oh, and, and it will become, uh, I, I think, the infamy order, the initiative order, um, because there's always only seven actions on the page and some of them can only be taken by one person. And you don't change the timer from 40 seconds. I think with seven players, it would be hilarious chaos. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be more kind of elbows and argy-bargy. Yeah. I mean, unlike many games, uh, BGG still recommends this at six and seven players, where there's obviously there's plenty of games which will technically play up to eight players. I'm looking, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at you, Eldritchora. Which, oh, which, uh, yeah, which, don't, uh, don't, just never. No, but BGG goes... Don't fucking bother. Yeah. But this is like, no, please do. Carry on up to seven players and you'll still have a blast. So I can imagine this being hilarious well, I don't nonsense. think the, the game wouldn't really be much longer. And in fact, the game length is probably mostly determined by the length of or the number of entries that come up that happen to have more flavor text than other entries. Yeah, exactly that. I can I can see it extending some, some but not, not a massive amount. Mm. Yeah, the, the resolution of your turn, it basically goes down the list of actions on the page. Yeah. It's, it's your, essentially, your turn unless, unless, unless you're re-rolling and re-rolling and re-rolling because mm, yeah. you really want a particular thing, it's like, well, all right, I'll... I've rolled my dice. I've got my result. You know, the market has up to five or six different options to choose. Yep. You might in the background go, I think I'll, I don't know. Do I want to increase supplies? Do I want to? You can kind of get on with that while yeah, the next you, person yeah. goes your, your off turn, and does their Your thing. turn is probably a, a matter of moments, but yeah. there may then be two minutes while the app reads out this, this mm. wonderful piece of narrative for you. And then yeah. you have to, you know, Decide come up with some mad decision afterwards. Yeah, quite. Does Forgotten Waters respect your time? This is another new question for 2022. And this encompasses a few things. It encompasses things like setup and teardown, mm -hmm. like um, getting it to the table, 
you know, the amount of people that you need to get around the table to, to play it efficiently or, or effectively, all of that sort of stuff. Would we, you we, say that this respects your time? We arrived with you having laid the board out, so I'd say I don't know. Uh, it doesn't look like it's a long setup. It'll say put these tiles on these spaces, right? The setup was 10 minutes. So as, as many nothing. as 10, I'm as surprised. As many as 10. Yeah, so. I, I think um, because it's app driven, that helps remove a lot of the administration. There's not a huge amount of, uh, although we talk about quite a lot of components, there's not that much variety in the components. Mm. Um, the teardown will be just as easy as the setup, I think. Yeah, just close um, the book, throw the stuff in the close, box. Close the book. Um, yeah. Everything is contained within the scenario book. You don't have to go and set up loads of tiles or anything. So I, I think it's, it is it is a game that can potentially run for four hours. Oh, easily. Uh, which yeah, it should be easily. noted, yeah. but at the same time, it's a game that also said you've finished part one halfway through. Do you want to stop here? And you can, which you could. Yeah, in, as as I keep saying, it is a story-driven game. Yeah, so uh, there you go. The scribes, the scribes, piece of paper has a map, and you could sort of sketch out where you were. You can make a note of what all of your resource tracks were and what mm. each of the players' stats and skills and things were. And, and that's it. You save it, you play it again another time, you do it in two hours. Yeah. But knowing that it's a story-driven game, it'd be like giving someone a book and saying, do you want to read this? They either say, yes, I've got time to read the book. Yeah. True. Or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. they want to read two articles on The Onion, rather, then yeah. go and play something that plays quicker. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want to play and enjoy a thoroughly involving and hilarious game, mm-hmm. cool. Pick yeah. up the book. It's, it's, it's long, it's quite involved, but um, I would say yes. It's it's on the right side of the fence. It respect. is, yeah. It absolutely time rewards respect. your time. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it, yeah. it does. It respects it and rewards it. I agree. What do you like most about Forgotten Waters, Simon? There's a lot to take in here. It's ah, oh, it really is so immersive. It there was twists and turns that I was not expecting. Which, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know we have in various other games kind of bolted on our own storylines just for the added enjoyment of it. This game throws them at you with regular abandon yeah. and you mm. just can't help but crack a smile every, at most, five minutes where you just go, oh, I didn't see that coming. There is one entry in particular that had us all in stitches. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, And yeah. it just all adds up to a thoroughly enjoyable game. The The mechanics are simple yeah. and not to say repetitive but you know it it's a known quantity within the first couple of rounds it's, how it's the not, game's going to play it's not a burden no i think it's it's a good thing to say that yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the game is not burdened by its own complexity or mechanisms yep. right some games yep. are complex for the sake of extra complexity yeah i'm looking at you nemesis <laughs> yeah uh, right There's i am this, yeah. yeah i'm super happy that this is just it's streamlined enough on the mechanic side to enjoy the story part. And yeah, that's going to be probably my highlight. Yeah. Uh, I love the voice acted app. Uh, so as, as much yeah. as it, you know, as much as I'm a little Heathen! bit wary, wary about games that <laughs> have mandatory apps. Yeah. This needs it and it is so much better for it i agree with the the pair of you what i like most about this game is with the right group of people Mm. you'll get a 
fun, ridiculous experience that is unlike anything else that I've had in board games. Ben turned up dressed as a pirate. So. Literally, <laughs> literally with a flask of rum. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this gave me an, ex- an experience I've not had ever in board gaming. And I think that is enough for me to, it's you know, certainly unique. underline it. Yeah, unique. Anything you didn't like about Forgotten Waters, chaps? Nothing. The silences. Nothing. No, nothing's ultimately springing to mind here. Um, as I say, I like the voice acting as as we all have done. If you didn't, it might be a drawback. My counter to that would be mute the app, mm-hmm. read the text that's on the screen. It's exactly the same content. You can do your own silly voices. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably a minor quibble, but um, I would have liked to be able to trade with people. But you can't. You can only. No, you can, you can only occasionally <laughs> steal from people <laughs> when they're asleep, or when yeah. you, or when you're fixing. The game the ship. tries to force you to be a bad guy pirate, yeah. but we wanted to be friends. Yeah, quite. Um, it's, it's, I, it's like a super minor thing. No, I, I, I don't, I think, don't think there'd be anything, really anything lost. Anything you no, wouldn't be anything lost no. if you did trade. No, uh, quite. You could set your own. You know, if you're on land, you can do it. Or if you, only yeah. if you're on your ship. Yeah. Only if you're not in a. Storm, I, I think you know. we we actually we ended up pretty well specialized anyway yeah. Um, yeah mostly with the right sort of items and and, and stuff to to um benefit yeah yeah you get a feel for your role through mm, the natural mm. development of the actions you've taken in yeah. and which, how which was interesting feels. yeah so obviously the treasures are random but quite often you'll get um story cards which could be items or abilities or they're, they're much more sort of esoteric mm. but they are specifically numbered and they are all tied to uh, constellation events or story points or individual sort of character development. So you end up with things that are lasting through the story, like, you know, randomly going to sleep under a tree and waking up with a goat and then being taunted. Yeah. And then having a goat. (laughs) I can't even get rid of this goat. I couldn't (laughs) discard it even if I wanted to. We were stuck with Soot the Goat for the rest of the story. That's great. I love that. I was supposed to be saying bad things. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Mm. Do you know what? It's hard to find something I don't like, to be fair. There's too many things that I do like about this game. It's it's great fun. I suppose the one thing that I would say is that it ties into who you might think this game is or is not for. And for me, this would not... This is very group dependent. Yep. So if you want to talk about a specific negative, it would be tied to who it's not for. And if what we're talking about doesn't jive with you, um, or or a person in your board gaming group, expect this to fall flat. Yeah, someone's going to be um, competitive, or, super serious. Yeah, or n- like not interested in the silliness and the humour. Um, yeah, pe- people who are impatient don't want to sit through the the narrative. The narrative, yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, um, yeah. As I said earlier, if someone's coming into this with a gaming mind yeah. rather than a Fun More time. like a role playing. Yeah, yeah. we 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 play games to have fun. Some people play games to win, yeah. which sure. I, I has play its... games to ruin Wayne's games. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and and you know I've mentioned Jason once already. Jason plays to add a non-existent traitor mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if you're into heavy gaming, purely heavy gaming, that has to be. Very mathy, very heavy point based, yeah. very competitive. Um, you only play Warhammer 40k and you like everything to be gritty and sci fi, mm. and there's no room in your brain for comedic 
Jake oh, across the forty k can be very silly. Oh, I, I, ex- I expect it can, but I'm also yeah. familiar with people who, oh yeah, if it isn't grim dark, then it yeah, doesn't yeah, count. Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, the, you know, you need you need room in your heart for. If you go in expecting Caribbean a very serious island. pirate game, it is not. Even this is that. certainly not a simulation of Somalian piracy. This is the. Uh, <laughs> no, this is the uh, <laughs> do they do they have a version? <laughs> That's one of the uh, uh, DLC add-ons. Uh, okay, Somalia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> look look at me. <laughs> <laughs> look at there on the horizon. Let us talk about the conclusion and final word on forgotten waters. And I suppose as part of your final thought. Does this offer you value? I think this is great value. I think there's so many ways to play a given scenario. And then, as you've said, there are multiple scenarios with add-ons available. And DLC. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, mm. yeah, it offers a lot for its its price point. It offers a lot full stop. Yeah. Um, if you are so inclined, I think we've covered so many of the things that we love about it yeah. with next to no negatives it's hard to argue against almost anyone wanting to enjoy this i would be perhaps slightly apprehensive about the amount of content mm. i would like to see the variety in the main scenarios yeah and i'd be curious to see given that the scenario book is 80 pages and we probably saw maybe nearly half of them how much variety there truly is i wouldn't have thought half I wouldn't have thought we did quite a lot. Off. Okay, but I, I would be, I, I would imagine that you would start seeing the same pages after maybe two playthroughs. I suppose the counter to that is the story entries would change, uh, yeah. right? So, so yeah, now, yeah. Uh, yeah. That being said, there is clearly an enormous amount of story entry mm. work done with the app and the production value on the app almost alone is enough to justify the price of yeah, this game. Yeah. Um, it's forty seven ninety nine, I think. MSRP. MSRP. You probably pick it up cheaper. You probably yeah. get it cheaper various places. So, uh, you know, you compare this to what you get in more expensive games that are loaded down with loads of plastic, and this is an absolute win for me. Uh, my, yeah, I, I'm going to echo all of that. My conclusion, if it isn't already clear, I, I freaking love this game. I mm. can't wait to play it again. With Again, with the caveats being you need the right group, who are into it and are up for having a laugh. Yeah. Um, and also with the caveat that, yes, the content will eventually end once you play through the five main scenarios and if you you know buy any extra ones, six, seven, eight, however many they release eventually, the content will eventually end. But here's the thing. Uh-huh. I haven't got Star Wars Rebellion to the table more than three times. No. And I've had that several times. I mean, years. we've, we've, we've <laughs> yeah. been talking about playing that again for a year. 18 months yeah, nearly. Exactly. Yeah, quite. So, you know, it, it depends... What do you want out of your game experience? And for 40-odd quid, this will give you several evenings of raucous entertainment, which, for me, is value in anyone's book. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I, I think, naturally, um, the sort of, like, Americlass sort of games do, or, or, or games that have a lot of sort of um, narrative stuff in them, oh, yeah. do tend to run out of steam mm-hmm. sooner than a Euro game. Euro games do, you know, they have a lot more sort of... Um, uh, potential play to them, depending on the complexity of the game and, yeah. and, and how much sort of skill and, and sort of strategies involved. But this is going to have many, many hours of content. 
Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just in, I just in say, I think if we do, if we do the, do the yeah. basic maths of four hours per scenario, and there's five basic scenarios, that's twenty hours. Yeah, yeah. So at forty odd quid, that's like two pound an hour. You tell mm. me something else that's this enjoyable for two pound an hour. Oh, exactly that. That up to seven people can enjoy. At the point, <laughs> divided by seven folks. Yeah, where, where, where it depends how how much you want to do that calculation. I went to cinema yesterday. It was fourteen quid for one ticket. And that's, yeah. that's two hours yeah, of entertainment, hours and you're done. I was like, well, yeah. yeah. Go to the cinema three times. You've had six hours of entertainment, and that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, not always a valid comparison, but, but it's still. it's one to keep in mind as the next most available. I suppose the accessible entertainment. The underlining point is if you're concerned about the amount of content and the app side of it, from our perspective, at least at Board Stupid, don't be. Yeah, I don't think there's any concern to be had. Thanks for listening to Board Stupid. Subscribe to us for updates and to get future episodes of the show delivered directly to your ear holes via your favourite podcast service. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Board Stupid UK, spelled B-O-A-R-D, and at our home, anchor.fm forward slash Board Stupid. Again, spelled B-O-A-R-D. If you like our content, do us a massive favour, give us a five-star review wherever you can review us and share the links to our content on social media. If you've got any feedback, comments or questions, stick in the comments below because we'd love to hear from you. Do you love the silly, narrative-driven stories of Forgotten Waters? How many film and media references did you manage to catch? We saw at least one hilarious Lord of the Rings one. No further detail will be given. Yep. For, uh, spoilers. <laughs> what weird and wacky encounters did you find on the high seas? <laughs> Have you fish-washed anyone recently? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. What, whatever is fish washing anyway. Do what? you really want to find out? I don't want to know, dude. Yeah. Leave that mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again real soon. Land hole. And there's someone on the beach waving. No, I know he hasn't got any arms, but you tell me he's not waving. <laughs> <laughs>